Welcome to the Viewpoint Podcast with your host, Henry Grosek. Welcome to Viewpoint Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosick. It's a great pleasure to welcome Peter Abbott, the CEO of Puffing Billy Railway, to Viewpoints. And uh, Peter's got some great news, which was foreshadowed last year a little bit, but it's great to have the CEO here to talk about it and uh, perhaps some of the challenges they've had in getting to the point where the century-old tradition of sitting on the carriage still makes its long-awaited return to Buffing Billy Railway, an iconic uh, institution here in Victoria, if not Melbourne. Firstly, though, welcome Peter Abbott, uh, CEO of Puffing Billy Railway to um, Viewpoints. Thanks very much, and thank you for the invitation. Oh, my pleasure, and uh, you must be thrilled about this, Peter. Yeah, it's been a bit of a journey for us all, and I think I've been in the role since last February, about 12 months now, so when I first started, it was always when are you bringing the legs back? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, when I started, I, give me the, I said, give me the list of uh, things we have to do to get the legs back out and uh, it was a reasonably long list so, but you know our teams worked through it slowly and progressively and a few COVID interruptions in between and mm. uh, and we uh, we got it started last Friday. Yeah Friday the 4th of Feb the iconic ride is back. Tell us a little bit about the first day back because um, I mean you can you can put all your plans in place uh, but when when you're starting up like that again you just never quite know how it'll go. How did the day how did it go? Yeah, very good. And uh, you know, obviously, we've been we've done around four. I think it's four trials uh, leading up to this. And um, you know, we've had uh, locals and volunteers and local supporters around here helping us uh, slowly evolve this and um, get get it back into service. So uh, you know, as I said, there's been a lot of training and alterations to the carriages and. The uh, rail regulator needed to be sat- satisfied that we knew what we were doing and, and uh, that the, the risks around this were being managed. And they were here on the opening day. And, um, you know, so at this day, it, you know, it's been a very positive experience to restart it. Yes. And um, they can have their sitting on the sills of its open side carriages. That's back too? Yeah, that's right. So certainly, um, you know, so basically we started, as I say, the 4th of February. We've seen a lift up in bookings already, and and a lot of you know uh, chitter chatter around how positive it is to have the legs out the side. And in many ways, Puffing Billy's 120 years old, and as you mentioned, uh, we've got photos from uh, the very first year of when the train operated in 1900 that uh, people were sitting on the edge of the sills as they were travelling. And and whilst um, you know we can't return everything that we had in the 1900s, um, I think the tradition of sticking your legs sticking your legs out the side of the train is something worth uh, worth fighting for. And um, of course, uh, we had to satisfy, as I say, all the safety regulations of 2021 rather than uh, 2022 rather than uh, 1900. But thankfully, our team were able to work through that, and the rail regulator had been. Uh, you know, very helpful in helping us progress this, and finally we, we we got it restarted. Now you you start from Belgrave. Now for people who a lot of us have been on Puffing Billy, I've enjoyed it. I can remember once when I was up there with my school. I'm a school principal. Um, it was where the staff were up there, and 
uh, under guidance, I was actually allowed to drive the train for about half a kilometre. Which was yeah, well, a, we, we we can't return every uh, every. That, I know the OHS comes into it and all that, but yeah, I, I remember uh, I remember yeah. the thrill I had, and nobody jumped off in horror. But um, the ride, <laughs> tell us a little bit, <laughs> tell us a bit about um, the actual routes and the time schedules and everything about. Yeah, it. sure. So the weekends we're running three services a day, which is essentially leaves Belgrave at ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, and at twelve thirty. And through the week at this stage, we're operating just at 11 o'clock uh, weekdays. But that'll change as, you know, we come into uh, long weekends or or holidays. And as the tourism industry starts to recover from COVID, we'll start adding services back in the middle of the week. But you know, there's plenty of opportunities to get on the train. As you mentioned, uh, the general way people experience Puffing Billy is starting at Belgrave. Uh, they can travel either to Menzies Creek, which is uh, about 30 minutes up the track, or uh, a full hour up the track to Lakeside Station where our new visitor centre is, or they can also on the weekends travel all the way to Gembrook, which is the full length of the uh, of the original line, around 26 kilometres further up into the hills. So there's lots of options. And, uh, yeah, as I say, um, basically the, the leg's out. Uh, once you start from Belgrave, uh, about three minutes after you depart, you go over to our famous Selby Wooden Trestle Bridge and... Uh, and, and that's a, a photo opportunity that uh, lots of people take. So it's once the train starts, it's, it's straight into the rainforest, into the fern gullies and the beautiful scenery that we have up in the Dandenongs. And, of course, with the open-air carriages, uh, lots of air running through the uh, carriages. And uh, um, with COVID, uh, people considering that, there's lots of fresh air and lots of open-air experience to be on the train. So it's a, it's a very, um, you know, very safe and a very uh, exciting uh, journey that we offer. Yeah, it's it's quite iconic. Yes, and you've got such a variety of things, you know, as you say, the towering forests, bends, bridges, streams, passes by. Uh, it's really got it's really got a feature. Now, this new Lakeside Visitor Centre, that's a $24 million centre. Um, tell us a bit about how that, what's in there? What was your focus? Yes, sure. So um, in many ways, you know, as like any of these major projects, it takes a while to build and construct and, and uh, so around four or five years ago, the concept of the Lakeside Centre started. Basically, Lakeside is our most popular destination on the on the route. And uh, and previously, I guess, when you went to Lakeside, if it's a nice sunny day like we've had over the last few weeks, um, it's a lovely destination to walk around the lake and uh, and uh, go on the paddle boats and experience some fresh air. But sometimes, you know, unfortunately, it does rain up in the Dandenongs and uh, sometimes it gets a bit cold and sometimes it gets a bit hot. So... Now, when you go to the Lakeside um, Station, there's a indoor uh, visitor visitor centre that allows people to have a nice meal, stay warm, or stay cool in the hot hot weather. Uh, there's a interpretive centre there as well, which tells the Puffing Billy story. There's obviously a retail area, but there's plenty plenty of shelter for people to just sit and relax and uh, before they head back on their journey back to Belgrave. But it's a really fantastic centre. It's a great addition to Lakeside um, Park and at the Emerald Lake Park there, and there's um, disabled facilities and other sort of uh, facilities that um, people will make people's journey, um, you know, much more comfortable. And as I say, when they go to Lakeside, there's a, a nice, warm and cool place to sit and sit and rest. And you've you've also got Puffing Billy's first ever locomotive, a three A. That was built according to your, your records, 1900. That's there too. That's right. So in our interpretive centre at uh, Lakeside, it really tells the story of Puffing Billy as how the train uh, was first um, built in the 1900s 
Uh, 3A is the original Puffing Billy, uh, essentially the first train that was built at Newport Workshops in Victoria, the first narrow-gauge train to be built there. And uh, obviously there's a, um, a number of other trains that were built at Newport. 3A doesn't operate any longer, but uh, um, the other trains that we have operating all come from that same line of uh, trains that were operating in the 1900s and built in the 1900s. But basically, yeah, 3A sits there and tells the story of uh, Puffing Billy from its first inception through to when it was closed in the 1960s how it was saved for the Puff and Billy Preservation Society and leading into uh, now that it's operating as uh, one of Australia's and one of the world's uh, most um, popular heritage railways uh, and, of course, a major tourist attraction for, as you mentioned before, not just for the Dandenongs, but for a major tourist attraction for Victoria and, and Australia. It's one of those um, railway trips that uh, I've forgotten his name, but there's that famous British. Uh, um, he's an historian who does great railways all over the world. Yes, I think uh, Michael uh, Portelli. Portelli, Portelli, yes, Michael Portelli. Portelli. Yes. Have you had him on Puffing Billy yet? He has been a Puffing Billy. They tried wow. it. It gets played, gets uh, uh, replayed, not regularly, but you know, often on SBS and. Uh, it's always great excitement when he came along. He came along really just before um, the uh, suspension of the leagues out the side. So, oh, uh, the, right. The footage that has him on the show still shows him sticking the leagues out the side of the train, which is great because uh, if he came back today, he'd be able to stick his leg back out the train the same way. So, uh, it's uh, yeah. well, yeah, he's a, he's an iconic. Uh, uh, um, Railway buff, yeah, railway, and ra- yeah. railway man and historian. We take a short break, um, Peter. Can you hold the line? I can certainly can. Absolutely. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick, and uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome back Peter Abbott, the CEO of Puffing Billy Railway, and we've been talking about how it's made its long-awaited return last Friday, the 4th of February, and uh, it's now operating uh, regularly and uh, get get there and book in and go on it. Uh, welcome back, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Now, Peter, you're the... You're the CEO of Puffing Billy. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, um, what have you done in the past and what attracted you to, to Puffing Billy some 12 months ago? Uh, yeah, well, I guess I've been lucky to work quite often in tourism and particularly heritage tourism. So uh, I've been um, uh, what used to be the manager at the Maritime Museum in Warrnambool. Uh, I was also um, CEO at Bendigo Heritage Attractions, which runs the trams, the gold mines, and Chinese Museum up at Bendigo, and mm-hmm. um, and then worked at other sort of tourism and events businesses over the years. And uh, I grew up in the Yarra Valley. I grew up in Yarra Junction, and my dad's still up there. And uh, so the opportunity to come back to the valley um, popped up, and uh, you know, timing's everything. And uh, so it suited me. And uh, thankfully, I was uh, lucky to. Uh, given the opportunity to, to, to manage um, Puffing Billy, such an iconic uh, part of Melbourne. Mm, well, I've been to the uh, the Warrnambool Maritime Museum and also the Bendigo one, so uh, clearly you you and the people who work with you have some runs on the board in that field. Now, you took it over in February last year. Um, that's an interesting time in the middle of the pandemic to take it over, and 12 months later, here we are, it's opening up again. You'd have had a pretty rough trot of things, you and your team, in the last 12 months, as well as exciting, I would say. Yeah, look, certainly, like Puffing Billy 
prior to, to COVID, our general passenger numbers are in the sort of 480 to 500,000 passengers per year. Um, last financial year, we only carried 50,000 passengers, which is a uh, um, shows you this, the size of the decline because of COVID, because of the shutdown periods we had. And before COVID, about 60 to 70% of our passengers were international tourists. So um, once again, we, whilst the um, restrictions are lifting, uh, international borders are semi-open, whilst you know, there have just been some announcements that the borders will be open. It will still take quite a bit of time for people to have the travel confidence to travel to Australia. and. Um, so, uh, yeah, so obviously we are looking to uh, welcome locals back and, of course, uh, interstate travellers and then, of course, international travellers when they're ready to come back. But, you know, so I guess in previous years, it's, we've been so popular with international guests, it's been hard for locals to travel on us because often the international groups will book well in advance. So uh, the local market, you know, sometimes looks at the weather and wants to travel at short notice. So... Um, there's plenty of opportunities for locals to get back onto the onto the trains now and uh, be part of the Puffing Mill experience. Mm. So what's been, I mean, you're, you're, you're decimated in terms of your operations. Now you're back um, getting closer to capacity. Um, what's been your biggest challenge in the last 12 months in getting yourselves to where you are as of last Friday and today? Well, I guess specifically for the sitting on the sills, there's been, we've had to, uh, retrofit all our carriages with some changes to the way the sills are designed. So it's only a small change and most people won't notice the difference, but uh, all our 65 carriages have to have an adjustment to the sill. So the, st- the sill itself, instead of being flat, is now uh, angled back in towards the inside of the carriage. It's only a very small adjustment, but we had ergonomic specialists uh, check the uh, the um the, the sill sitting and uh, that was some of the recommendations that come through. So, yes, just retrofitting all our carriages, retraining some of our staff to make sure that we are clear to put customers on how we want them to behave when they're on the trains. And uh, and then I guess, yeah, in general business terms, our biggest challenge, I think all volunteer organisations are finding this, that COVID's been very disruptive to volunteerism across our community. So it's not just Puff and Billy, but local sporting groups, uh, emergency services, uh, charity groups are all reporting that um, volunteerism is uh, is down, mainly because people have been, um, that there's been a, uh, a breaking that connection between the organisation and the volunteer because of all the lockdowns. And, you know, in many cases, our volunteers are very part of the public in help hosting public, public members to the train. So some are still a little bit reluctant to come back uh, given the, the issues around COVID. So over time, we'll, we'll rebuild those volunteer numbers. But I think as a community and as a society, uh, we really need to work through how we can get people to start re-volunteering again. There's obviously still some fantastic volunteers that we have here at Puffin Billy. We've got 300 volunteers that help operate the railway. And uh, in many ways, um, you know, for us, it's important that we get people to be confident enough to come out and be part of the Puffin Billy story for the next uh, 20 or 30 years as we continue to rebuild the railway. Mm, absolutely. The, 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 the changing of the angles of the sills, that's, I, I presume, one of those OHS uh, adjustments to, to make them safer so people can do put their feet out? Yeah, that's right. So to be clear, though, we've carried nearly 11 million passengers 
in the in the history of the railway, and we've never had a report of anyone falling out the side of the train or uh, falling off the sills. But when we had to do a safety review of all our um, operations because of the incident we had in 2018, where a, a bus uh, ran through a, a crossing and, and struck the side of the train. Um, there was a range of works we had to do. We, we have to upgrade many of our crossings from the slides. We have to install boom gates because in many cases the Dandenongs is a busy place these days. There's a lot more traffic <laughs> on the roads. And um, so we, we've installed a lot of extra boom gates. We've done the changes to the carriages. So there's a range of areas we have to adjust, as I say, and it wasn't just as easy as um, uh, changing a couple of small things. It was... Um, a full safety review that we had to do and we're glad we've done that and done all that work and now we just want people to feel comfortable and confident and come back and see us at Puffing Billy. Absolutely. And your funding, um, I've always been curious, how do you guys fund yourselves? Yeah, sure. So essentially pre-COVID um, we we didn't receive any recurrent funding from state government but certainly through the COVID period with a drop, drop in our numbers State government has stepped in to help support the solvency of the business. So we're really thankful to state government for that. We weren't eligible for things like JobKeeper or those sorts of things, but uh, in many ways um, the state government operated a, a similar program that allowed us to uh, pay our recurrent costs and our staff costs that we do have. Um, but, yeah, in general terms, all the money we generate from ticket sales, uh, retail, food and beverage, special events, uh, all goes back into operating the railway or uh, or as well um, restoring some of our historic fleet that um, you know, some, we've got a fantastic museum at Menzies Creek that has a range of history items in there and we don't operate those on the main network but there's a lot of um, heritage items and state heritage listed assets that we need to manage and we're very proud to uh, have a wonderful collection of um, maritime, uh, not maritime, uh, railway, <laughs> his, railway history that... Uh, people enjoy for, for future generations. Yeah, no, so you've, you've certainly got a lot of responsibilities on your plate. Now, uh, before we go, um, I, I just noticed today, digressing slightly to a place where you've come from, um, Bendigo, they've, uh, the heritage site there, they've just invented, I think it's uh, uh, their own Monopoly game based on there. That was announced today. Uh, were you part of that before you left? or No, no, it wasn't, but I think Monopoly... Seem to do this every time they want to boost their sales a little bit. They'll have bring out a special edition. So, um, and look, Bendigo is a beautiful city, and uh, the tramways do a wonderful job up there maintaining the uh, tram history in Bendigo, and of course the gold mine that allows you to go underground. And you know, Bendigo is a beautiful city. So, it's um, once again, there's lots of beautiful heritage places around. Australia, uh, around Australia and Victoria. There's even some great other heritage railways around Victoria if, uh, if Puffing Billy's not your thing. But, you know, obviously we want people to come to Puffing Billy, but there's lots of other um, well, heritage railways around the place. Well, well, my question was not so much about them, but it was meant to segue into when are we going to get a Monopoly game on uh, <laughs> on uh, Puffing Billy because there's an, an enormous number of uh, places along that, that route that, and, uh, that could well... Uh, create a uh, monopoly game. My 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 producer here, Robert Kelly, is nodding his head. He loved monopoly, and he's like me. When are you going to get a monopoly game? Yeah, well, I think that's right. <laughs> we should. Uh, I should be writing an email straight after this to monopoly. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> 
come up and see us at Puffing Billy. So, look, and, and Puffing Billy does very well with its promotions. And obviously, there's a even when I wear a badge, sometimes when I'm getting petrol or forget to take my badge off, uh, everyone who sees I've got to work at Puffing Billy, um, you know, has a Puffing Billy story to tell me. So it's uh, it's a wonderful business to work for an organisation that uh, most people. Uh, have fond memories for and of course uh, you know we want to make sure particularly with the legs out the side of the train that we can continue to be successful and and, and welcome people back to um, the Dandenongs as soon as possible. Oh absolutely I've uh, my connection with uh, Puffing Billy goes back to when my children who are now oh, long grown up and I have grandchildren uh, I can remember taking my own kids on Puffing Billy and uh, and then, of course, um, with our school staff, they in those days you could uh, hire Puffing Billy for functions, including um, you know schools and staff. And we had a great evening up there. And I remember the one thing was don't get soot in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we uh, we still get a bit of soot from time to time. And uh, uh, I, uh, I, uh, and that is to say, when when I was a kid, I travelled on Puffing Billy. I've got yep. photos of me, me, mm. me as a child, and my. My kids doing the same thing, so it's um, you know it's it's a, it's such an icon, and uh, it'll be wonderful to continue to operate over the next next hundred years. Yeah, absolutely, and I just want to congratulate you and your team for the the hard work that's gone back into um, getting it going again. That you made it sound easy, and it was, uh, Peter. I'm sure the the challenges. You know, and at times the the, the, the sleepless hours you had uh, getting it all together and on track um, took their toll. But uh, I and many others are eternally grateful. And once again, if people want to check Puffing Billy out, get on there, obviously booking, what would you suggest they and how they do that? Yeah, they can go to puffingbilly.org.au or sorry, .com.au, puffingbilly.com.au. Uh, you can also call us. There's a call centre if you don't feel comfortable online. But, but basically... Um, yeah, we're operating every single day. We're also returning um, luncheon trains, which will operate every Friday and Saturday shortly, and also our dinner trains will be returning too. So there's, slowly we're getting our operations back to normal within the current COVID restrictions, and we just need the, the customers to uh, be the final uh, little peg in the uh, jigsaw to uh, make sure that we can get the uh, railway back to its uh, it's vibrant self. I, I'm sure that with your efforts and your team, Peter, what you've got there is something we will all find irresistible. I'm sure I'll, I'll bring my granddaughter up there again one of these days, not too far now that you're back open again. Yeah, absolutely. And we look forward to welcoming everyone back. And obviously the weather's been beautiful. So mm. uh, come on up. And of course, if you can't make it to winter, there's, uh, there's still lovely to come up here in the winter time and, and go have a warm cup of tea at the visitor centre. Absolutely, thank you. That was Peter Abbott, the CEO of Puffing Billy Railway, which is back on track, listeners, and building up to capacity. Uh, and the weather's looking pretty good for the next couple of months uh, on weekends. I would say most weekends are looking pretty good, but it's not just then, it's the whole year round. Um, do take advantage of it. We'll take a short break, don't go away. You've been listening to the Viewpoints Podcast, hosted by Henry Grossek and produced by Rob Kelly. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and rate us via Apple Podcasts. 